with that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenet Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time broadcast. I praise the Lord for this heaven-bought privilege that our Lord allows us day after day together by the radio and to study the Word of God together. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll take the time out, get your Bible, and follow along with us as we open the Word of God today. We're turning in our Bible to the book of Genesis, chapter number 3, and we're continuing our study that I began on yesterday. We began our study by looking at Hebrews, chapter number 2, and verse number 3 where the Bible said, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? And we're going to look in the Word of God at this great salvation that the Bible offers to fallen men through the Lord Jesus Christ. But before we look at the great salvation, I felt like we needed to look at the great Savior. And then before we look at the great Savior... I felt like we needed to look at the great sin so we would understand the need of the great Savior and the great salvation. So we began on yesterday by going back to the book of Genesis chapter number 2 in chapter number 3 and looking at the great sin. You remember in Genesis chapter number 2, God has created man. He is a body from the ground a breath from God, and he's a being that is God-like. And I said to you on yesterday that throughout the entire creation, Satan never goes on a campaign against God when he creates the vegetation, when he creates the animal kingdom. But as soon as God creates man, then Satan goes on a conquest against God. And so we were looking yesterday at this conquest of Satan against God in Genesis chapter number three. I said to you, first of all, in the first three verses, you see the satanic assault against the word of God. The Bible said in verse number one, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So here we see Satan's assault upon the word of God. Then in verse number four, we saw his assault upon the wisdom of God. The Bible said in verse number four, and the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Here, my friend, he attacks the wisdom of God as if to say to Eve, God either does not know what he's talking about or he is intentionally lying to you. You will not die if you partake of the fruit of this tree. And then in verse number five, we saw his assault upon the will of God. He said, For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, 
and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. What he's saying to Eve is that God is willingly keeping you in ignorance and in darkness. God knows that if you eat this tree, then something will happen to you. You'll become as gods, knowing good and evil. So we saw in the conquest of Satan, he attacks, first of all, the Word of God. Then he attacks the wisdom of God. And then he attacks the will of God. So as we continue looking at this chapter, not only do we see the conquest of Satan, but we see the course of sin. The Bible said in verse number 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Here you see the course of sin. It follows a simple pattern throughout the Bible. There is the lust of the eye, there is the lust of the flesh, and there is the pride of life. In a simple outline, you could say Eve listened, she looked, she lusted, and then she lost. That is the pattern of sin. The devil gets you to listening, he'll get you to looking, he'll get you to lusting, and then he will rob you of God's blessings upon your life. So in the great sin, we see the conquest of Satan. We see the course of sin. And then we see the consequence of sin given here to us in verse number 7. The Bible said, And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Now, what is the effect of the great sin upon Adam and upon Eve and upon all of their descendants, the entire human family. Let me give you three thoughts. First of all, it affected them externally. Something happens externally to Adam and to Eve when they sinned. You see, up until now, they had been clothed with innocence. But now that their eyes were opened and they saw themselves naked and it began a process of dying in their body instantly the moment they sinned against God. So it affected them externally in the sense that they were changed physically and death starts its toll upon their bodies. But not only it affected them externally, but it affected them internally. The peace and the joy that they had experienced is now replaced with fear and dread. Fear that God will come again and dread as to what the punishment will be because of their disobedience to God. Then number three, not only does it affect them externally and it affected them internally, but thirdly, it affected them eternally. They are cut off from God, and they must face Him 
for their sin. So we see there's the creation of the soul. There's the conquest of Satan. There is the course of sin. Then there's a consequence of sin. Now then in their mind, there is a question. What will God do after they have sinned against him? And I want you to notice here's the concern of the sovereign. In verse number 8, we find, first of all, that God came. The Bible said, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now, if you let me borrow your imagination for just a moment, the fig leaf aprons were fine as far as covering the human nakedness of Adam and Eve were concerned as long as it was just Adam and Eve in the garden. But when they get to thinking about the time that's approaching, that God will be coming into that garden, then fear grasps their soul. And so they go from the place where they normally meet with God and they hide themselves among the trees. There is a fear. Will God come back? If he does, what will he do? And what will he say? They have committed that sin that will cast all of mankind into a state of depravity and make sinners out of every person born into the human race. But we find in verse number 8 that God did come. Then in verse number 9, we see that God called. The Bible said in verse number 9, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Now I want to remind you, God is not seeking information. He knows everything. But he is trying to put the pressure on Adam to look at himself and see where he is. He's not just behind a tree, but he is separated from God because of his sin. And Adam said in verse number 10, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And in verse number 11, And God said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? The man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat it. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. So here you see the consequence of sin. And then the concern of the sovereign, God came and God called. Why did he do it, preacher? You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, God could have killed the sinners and still been God. He could have cut them off and sent them to hell. He could have killed Satan. Don't you wish he would have? But instead of doing that, he came where they were. He called unto them. You say, why? He cared. You say, how much did he care? Well, I simply say to you, he cared so much about Adam and Eve that he would not stay in heaven and let them go to hell. So he left heaven and came to earth to offer them in typology salvation through the shed blood of a substitutional sacrifice. We'll look at that a little bit later on. So we see there is the creation of the soul. There's a conquest of Satan. 
There's a course of sin. There's a consequence of sin. There's a concern of the sovereign. And then I want you to notice the curse that's placed upon the sinner. In verse number 14, the Bible said, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. And upon thy belly shalt thy go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, notice in verse number 14, you have the pronouncement of the judgment of God upon the serpent because of his part in the sin of man. God said, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. I'm talking about the consequence of sin. There is God's judgment upon Satan, the serpent, because of his part in the fall. And I'll deal with this, the Lord willing, on tomorrow. But because of the sin, the judgment of God is upon the animal kingdom. It's upon the vegetable kingdom. It's upon the woman. It's upon the man. And it's upon the earth itself. Father, take the word, use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white, it's harvest time. Well, I trust the broadcast was a blessing to you today. Let me remind you that Harvest Time is a listener-supported radio ministry, and I need to hear from a number of you. Would you pray for the radio ministry and then write to us and share with us in the financial burden of this radio work? Simply address that letter to Harvest Time, 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time, 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Are you not-